Good morning. Today is Saturday, the 15th of February, 2020. Bear with me this morning. Um, I forgot my backpack, and so I don't have all of my usual things together. You know, my planner with the daily lectionary in it, or... Um, or my own Book of Common Prayer that's got all the bookmarks and all that kind of stuff, or my Bible with all its bookmarks. So I'm kind of reading to you this morning out of a combination of one of the Pew Books of Common Prayer, and I'll probably be using my online Bible. And if you hear a hissing behind me, it's the radiator. I found a great spot on this chilly winter morning, which you guys know I love winter, so I'm not complaining. I'm quite happy for it to be a beautiful winter morning. But I found the perfect seat in the church, I think. It's a pew um, in the columbarium whose back, or right next to the columbarium, I guess it's kind of partly entryway and partly columbarium, but anyway, whose back is right up against, I mean, there's like an inch of separation so it doesn't catch fire or anything, but uh, one of the radiators. And so the whole back of the pew or at least where it's in front of the radiator, is nice and warm. It reminds me of like sitting on a raised hearth in front of a fire. So I've got this really warm back, but the radiator is kind of hissing and clanking back there. So forgive me if it makes extra noise. And if I get the readings a little bit wrong today, forgive me for that too. I think what we've got going on this morning is Psalms 87 and 90, Genesis 29, 1 through, 10, 1 through 20, and Romans 14, 1 through 23. From the rising of the sun to its setting, my name shall be great among the nations, and in every place incense shall be offered to my name. And a pure offering, for my name shall be great among the nations, says the God of hosts. Dearly beloved, we have come together in the presence of Almighty God, our Heavenly Creator, to set forth their praise, to hear their holy word, and to ask for ourselves and on behalf of, of and on behalf of others those things that are necessary for our life and our salvation. And so that we may prepare ourselves in heart and mind to worship them, let us kneel in silence and with penitent and obedient hearts confess our sins, that we may obtain forgiveness by their infinite goodness and mercy. Most merciful God, we confess that we have sinned against you in thought, word, and deed. By what we have done and by what we have left undone, we have not loved you with our whole heart, we have not loved our neighbors as ourselves. We are truly sorry and we humbly repent. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, have mercy on us and forgive us, that we may delight in your will and walk in your ways to the glory of your name. Amen. Almighty God, have mercy on us. Forgive us all our sins through the grace of Jesus Christ. Strengthen us in all goodness and by the power of the Holy Spirit keep us in eternal life. Amen. God, open our lips, and our mouth shall proclaim your praise. Praise to the holy and undivided Trinity, one God, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. God has shown forth her glory. Come, let us adore them. Come, let us sing to God. Let us shout for joy to the rock of our salvation. Let us come before their presence with thanksgiving and raise a loud shout to them with psalms. For God is a great God and a great ruler above all gods. In their hand are the caverns of the earth and the heights of the hills are theirs also. The sea is theirs for they made it and their hands have molded the dry land. Come, let us bow down and bend the knee and kneel before God our Maker. For they is our God, and we are the people of their pasture and the sheep of their hand. Oh, that today you would hearken to their voice. 
God has shown forth their glory. Come, let us adore them. Now, if the version of the psalm sounds a little bit different than what you are reading out of your Bible, it's because I'm going to read them out of the Book of Common Prayer today, which is written more as a versicle in response um, or song-like version. And if you hear me sipping in the background, forgive me, I did bring my um, coffee into church this morning. Decaf, as I might have mentioned a bit ago, I have given up caffeine. But forgive me for the interruptions and the babbling as I find our psalms. Psalm 87, on the holy mountain stands the, city he has, stands the city they has founded. God loves the gates of Zion more than all the dwellings of Jacob. Glorious things are spoken of you, O city of our God. I count Egypt and Babylon among those who know me. Behold, Philistia, Tyre, and Ethiopia. In Zion they were born. Of Zion it shall be said, everyone was born in her and the Most High their self shall sustain her. God will record as they enrolls the peoples. These also were born there. The singers and the dancers will say, all my fresh springs are in you. Psalm 90. God, you have been our refuge from one generation to another. Before the mountains were brought forth or the land and the earth were born, from age to age you are God. You turn us back to the dust and say, Go back, O child of earth, for a thousand years in your sight are like yesterday when it is past, and like a watch in the night. You sweep us away like a dream. We fade away suddenly like the grass. In the morning it is green and flourishes. In the evening it is dried up and withered. For we consume away in your displeasure. We are afraid because of your wrathful indignation. Our iniquities you have set before you, and our secret sins in the light of your countenance. When you are angry, all our days are gone. We bring our years to an end like a sigh. The span of our life is seventy years, perhaps in strength even eighty, yet the sum of them is but labor and sorrow, for they pass away quickly and we are gone. Who regards the power of your wrath? Who rightly fears your indignation? So teach us to number our days, that we may apply our hearts to wisdom. Return, O God, how long will you tarry? Be gracious to your servants. Satisfy us by your loving kindness in the morning. So shall we rejoice and be glad all the days of our life. Make us glad by the measure of the days that you afflicted us, and the years in which we suffered adversity. Show your servants your works and your splendor to their children. May the graciousness of God be upon us. Prosper the work of our hands. Prosper our handiwork. A reading from Genesis chapter 29, verses 1 through 20. Then Jacob went on his journey and came to the land of the people of the east. As he looked, he saw a well in the field and three flocks of sheep lying there beside it, for out of that well the flocks were watered. The, st the stone on the well's mouth was large, and when all the flocks were gathered there, the shepherds would roll the stone from the mouth of the well and water the sheep and put the stone back in its place on the mouth of the well. Jacob said to them, My brothers, where do you come from? They said, We are from Haran. He said to them, Do you know Laban, son of Nahor? They said, We do. He said to them, Is it well with him? Yes, they replied, and here is his daughter Rachel coming with the sheep. He said, Look, it is still broad daylight. It is not time for the animals to be gathered together. Water the sheep and go, pasture them. But they said, We cannot until all the flocks are gathered together, and the stone is rolled from the mouth of the well. Then we water the sheep. While he was still speaking with them, Rachel came with her father's sheep, for she kept them. 
Now when Jacob saw Rachel, the daughter of his mother's brother Laban, and the sheep of his mother's brother Laban, Jacob went up and rolled the stone from the well's mouth and watered the flock of his mother's brother Laban. Then Jacob kissed Rachel and wept aloud. And Jacob told Rachel that he was her father's kinsman and that he was Rebekah's son. And she ran and told her father. When Laban heard the news about his sister's son Jacob, he ran to meet him. He embraced him and kissed him and brought him to his house. Jacob told Laban all these things. And Laban said to him, Surely you are my bone and my flesh. And he stayed with him a month. Then Laban said to Jacob, Because you are my kinsman, should you therefore serve me for nothing? Now tell me, what shall your wages be? Now Laban had two daughters. The name of the elder was Leah, and the name of the younger was Rachel. Leah's eyes were lovely, and Rachel was graceful and beautiful. Jacob loved Rachel. So he said, I will serve you seven years for your younger daughter, Rachel. Laban said, it is better that I give her to you than that I should give her to any other man. Stay with me. So Jacob served seven years for Rachel, and they seemed to him but a few days because of the love he had for her. Hear what the Spirit is saying to God's people. Thanks be to God. Canticle 19, A Song of the Redeemed O ruler of the universe, creator God, great deeds are they that you have done, surpassing human understanding. Your ways are ways of righteousness and truth, O ruler of all the ages. Who can fail to do you homage, God, and sing the praises of your name? For you only are the Holy One. All nations will draw near and fall down before you, because your just and holy works have been revealed. Praise to the holy and undivided Trinity, one God, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. A reading from Romans chapter 14, verses 1 through 23. Welcome those who are weak in faith, but not for the purpose of quarreling over opinions. Some believe in eating anything, while the weak eat only vegetables. Those who eat must not despise those who abstain, and those who abstain must not pass judgment on those who eat, for God has welcomed them. Who are you to pass judgment on servants of another? It is before their own God that they stand or fall, and they will be upheld. For God is able to make them stand. Some judge one day to be better than another, while others judge all days to be alike. Let all be fully convinced in their own minds. Those who observe the day, observe it in honor of God. Also, those who eat, eat in honor of God, since they give thanks to God, while those who abstain, abstain in honor of God and give thanks to God. We do not live to ourselves, and we do not die to ourselves. If we live, we live to God, and if we die, we die to God. So then, whether we live or whether we die, we are God's. For to this end, Christ died and lived again, so that he might be God both of the dead and the living. Why do you pass judgment on your brother or sister? Or you, why do you despise your brother or sister? For we will all stand before the judgment seat of God. For it is written, as I live, says God, every knee shall bow to me, and every tongue shall give praise to God. So then, each of us will be accountable to God. Let us therefore no longer pass judgment on one another, but resolve instead never to put a stumbling block or hindrance in the way of another. I know and am persuaded in God by Jesus that nothing is unclean in itself, but it is unclean for anyone who thinks it is unclean. If your brother or sister is being injured by what you eat, you are no longer walking in love. Do not let what you eat cause the ruin of one for whom Christ died. So do not let your good be spoken of as evil. For the kingdom of God is not food and drink, 
but righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. The one who thus serves Christ is acceptable to God and has human approval. Let us then pursue what makes for peace and for mutual upbuilding. Do not, for the sake of food, destroy the work of God. Everything is indeed clean, but it is wrong for you to make others fall by what you eat. It is, it is good not to eat meat or drink wine or do anything that makes your brother or sister stumble. The faith that you have, have as your own conviction before God. Blessed are those who have no reason to condemn themselves because of what they approve. But those who have doubts are condemned if they eat, because they do not act from faith. For whatever does not proceed from faith is sin. Hear what the Spirit is saying to God's people. Thanks be to God. I believe in God, the Creator Almighty, maker of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, their only Son, our God, who was conceived by the power of the Holy Spirit and born of the Virgin Mary who suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried, who descended to the dead, who on the third day rose again, who ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of God, who will come again to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. God be with you, and also with you. Let us pray. Our God in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your country come, your will be done, on earth as in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Save us from the time of trial, and deliver us from evil. For the country, the power, and the glory are yours, now and forever. Amen. Let's do as we have been and read, well, as we have been occasionally, and read from Enriching Our Worship, Volume 2, The Litany for Healing in Place of Suffrages. Let us name before God those for whom we offer our prayers. And I think that I'm just going to make it my practice from now on that I offer up those names. I either pause and offer them up audibly between myself and God or um, offer them silently to God. I, I have many friends who share the same name. I guess I'm really blessed to have many friends and many people on my prayer lists. Um, I keep a couple of different prayer lists, both personal and um, through my church. You know, as I've told you before, I chair the healing team and stuff. But just in case, I would I would rather um, not publish the names than run the risk of offending anyone or violating anyone's privacy and. And so with the very few exceptions of those who have specifically asked um, or I have specifically gotten permission from, we're just going to really be careful about people's privacy. Um, I've run into that myself a couple times lately. You know, perhaps it, it's because of my background, which includes, you know, everything from Quakerism to 12-step, um, I really feel that having safe spaces of confidentiality is really important. Um, and I think that Sometimes in our Christian communities, we don't observe that as well as we should. If you ever send me anything or speak anything to me and ask for it to be confidential, 
I will absolutely not share. That's something that's very important to me. And beyond that, those things that are shared that just common sense and or the Holy Spirit would say, this is not to be shared. You know, if you're having a conversation with me, you don't have to preface each one by saying, this is confidential. Um, I'm sorry for digressing for a bit on this subject, but it's really come up quite a bit for me um, personally and professionally. You know, um, I don't want to say this as, as a judgment. I want to say this out of love. So I'm really trying to frame that. I believe that we need sacred spaces of confidentiality. I believe that there are reasons that our laws um, and in the military our regulations say that some conversations should be privileged. And I use that word very clearly, and I've been doing some research on that lately, and there are conversations that should be privileged. The only true confidentiality is with a chaplain or a priest, right? But I believe that there should be personal confidentiality. And I believe that strongly enough that I've taken a stand on it. Um, in a couple of different ways. Um, one is, well, I guess I should just say it this way because, again, not wanting to get too far into the details. I've taken a stand on that personally and professionally in my life for myself. That whether it's to my detriment or not, those conversations that should be, con should be confidential, I am keeping those confidences. That's my personal commitment. I have been disappointed, both professionally and personally, that conversations that should have been and were demarked as privileged or confidential were shared. So I don't want what I'm saying to you now to be out of my own woundedness. Rather, I want it to be out of what the Holy Spirit is showing me is important. And I say all of this not that I want to create an atmosphere of keeping secrets, because I do believe, as 12-step spirituality says, that we're only as sick as our secrets and that there is great freedom and liberation and healing in speaking our secrets out loud. And that's, you know, that's an important part of 12-step of spirituality. I also um, I did a study through Beth Moore on sacred secrets. And yeah, all of it, it's, it's not binary, right? It's in all of this and. And I think what's so important for us to remember is that it is not our decision to share somebody else's story. That belongs to them. It is theirs and theirs alone. And God, the Holy Spirit, will guide them to the time that it is appropriate to share. And that's been another incredibly important lesson in my life, that not every time is the time. Not every person is the person. There are, I really think holy is the right word here. There are holy times and circumstances and places and people and encounters with which it is appropriate to share and we are guided in that way. And so it is okay, friends. The world is not your confessor. You do not have to, un you don't have to confess every sin of your past in order to know that your friend is gonna love you anyways. God's already forgiven those things. We've talked recently about how I get caught in confessing and reconfessing. 
And I think that that's part of this. Confess it. I, I'm trying this practice myself, as you know. Confess it once, or in the case, because there's a parallel here with fear, confess the sin or confess the fear once. Give it to God. Accept God's forgiveness. And when it comes back up, say, I accept Christ's victory. I claim Christ's victory over this. I've already confessed this sinner fear. It is done. It is with God. And I have a feeling that that is going to be just as liberating as confessing in the first place. So I hope that we all try that. I know that I bundled a lot of stuff up in there, so let me just kind of summarize it all for you. I am called to consider confidentiality and the keeping of stories as sacred space. And so I am honoring that in this time. I am doing my very best. And this is something that I am taking on with intentionality. Also, I believe the Holy Spirit has guided me to new freedom by breaking the desolating practice of reconfession and accepting the liberating practice of claiming Christ's victory. I invite you, if you feel so moved, to do the same. And now we will actually get on with the litany of healing. And so forgive me for that digression, but these things were very important to me, are very important to me and are really on, on, on my Celtic heart at this time. So with that being said, let's pause the recording. I'm not actually going to pause the recording and say aloud, I think that just invites too much opportunity for error. Like if I double hit the button by accident or don't hit the button or whatever. So I am just going to, in silence, offer up the names of those for whom I offer prayer specifically today. God, the creator, your will for, your will for all people is health and salvation. We praise you and thank you, O oh God. God, the word incarnate, you came that we might have life and might have it more abundantly. We praise you and thank you, O oh God. God, the Holy Spirit, you make our bodies the temple of your presence. We praise you and thank you, O oh God. Holy Trinity, one God, in you we live and move and have our being. We praise you and thank you, O oh God. God, grant your healing grace to all who are sick, injured, or disabled, that they may be made whole. Hear us, O God of life. Grant to all who seek your guidance and to all who are lonely, anxious, or despondent a knowledge of your will and an awareness of your presence. Hear us, O God of life. Mend broken relationships and restore those in emotional distress to soundness of mind and serenity of spirit. Hear us, O God of life. Bless physicians, nurses, and all others who minister to the suffering, granting them wisdom and skill, sympathy and patience. Hear us, O God of life. Grant to the dying peace and a holy death, and uphold by the grace and consolation of your Holy Spirit, those who are bereaved. Hear us, O God of life. Restore to wholeness whatever is broken by human sin in our lives, in our nation, and in the world. Hear us, O God of life. You are the God who does wonders. You have declared your power among the peoples. With you, O God, is the well of life. And in your light, we see light. Hear us, O God of life. Heal us and make us whole. Let us pray. 
Almighty God, giver of life and health, send your blessing on all who are sick and upon those who minister to them, that all weakness may be vanquished by the triumph of the risen Christ, who lives and reigns forever and ever. Amen. Set us free, O God, from the bondage of our sins, and give us the liberty of that abundant life which you have made known to us. In your word incarnate, our Savior, Jesus Christ, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Almighty God, who after the creation of the world rested from all your works and sanctified a day of rest for all your creatures, grant that we, putting away all earthly anxieties, might be duly prepared for the service of your sanctuary, and that our rest here upon earth may be a preparation for the eternal rest promised to your people in heaven, through Jesus Christ our God. Amen. O God, ruler eternal, whose light divides the day from the night and turns the shadow of death into the morning, drive far from us all wrong desires, incline our hearts to keep your law, and guide our feet into the way of peace, that having done your will with cheerfulness during the day, we may, when night comes, rejoice to give you thanks. Through Jesus Christ, our God. Amen. O God, the author of peace and lover of concord, to know you as eternal life and to serve you as perfect freedom, defend us, your humble servants, in all assaults of our enemies. That we, surely trusting in your defense, may not fear the power of any adversaries through the might of Jesus Christ. Amen. Christ, light of light, brightness indescribable, the wisdom, power, and glory of God, the Word made flesh, you overcame the forces of Satan, redeemed the world, then ascended again to God. Grant all your creation, God, we pray in this tarnished world, the shining of your splendor. Send your Archangel Michael to defend us, to guard our going out and coming in, and to bring us safely to your presence where you reign in the one holy and undivided trinity, to ages of ages. Amen. Blessed Jesus, in the comfort of your love, we lay before you the memories that haunt some of your children, the anxieties that perplex us, the despair that frightens us, and our frustration at our inability to think clearly. Help us to discover your forgiveness in our memories and know your peace in our distress. Touch us, O God, and fill us with your light and your hope. Amen. God, the strength of the weak and the comfort of those who suffer, hear our prayers and grant your child the power of your grace that their sickness may be turned into health and our sorrow into joy for Jesus Christ's sake. Amen. God, make us instruments of your peace. Where there is hatred, let us sow love. Where there is injury, pardon. Where there is discord, union. Where there is doubt, faith. Where there is despair, hope. 
Where there is darkness, light. Where there is sadness, joy. Grant that we may not so much seek to be consoled as to console. To be understood as to understand. To be loved as to love. For it is in giving that we receive. It is in pardoning that we are pardoned. And it is in dying that we are born to eternal life. Amen. O merciful Creator, who has taught us in thy holy word that thou dost not willingly afflict or grieve the children, your children, look with pity upon the sorrows of your creation for whom our prayers are offered. Remember us, O God, in mercy. Nourish our souls with patience. Comfort us with a sense of your goodness. Lift up your countenance upon us and give us peace. Through Jesus Christ, amen. O God, whose parental care reaches to the uttermost parts of the earth, we humbly beseech you graciously to behold and bless those whom we love, now absent from us. Defend them from all dangers of soul and body, and grant that both they and we, drawing nearer to thee, may be bound together by thy love in the communion of thy Holy Spirit, and in the fellowship of thy saints, through the grace of Jesus Christ. Amen. O blessed God, you ministered to all who came to you. Look with compassion upon all who through addiction have lost their health and freedom. Restore to them the assurance of your unfailing mercy. Remove from them the fears that beset them. Strengthen them in the work of their recovery. And to those who care for them, give patient understanding and persevering love. Amen. All right, let's talk a little bit about the readings. Our two psalms Psalm 87 and Psalm 90 I actually, I know, go ahead and laugh but I don't have a whole lot to say about I think um, I think what stood out to me about Psalm 87 is speaking of Zion or of the heavenly city that those there are those who are born in it I, I believe at least in this context in this day that that speaks to the second birth, you know, to our true home that we are always longing for. And Psalm 90, you know, brings me to that question that I'll have all the time, which is about the wrath of God and and how, as you guys know, because I've said it before, I, I believe that God is actually above wrath and justification and and I was reminded of something, and this is really personal, so thank you for being a safe space for me to share my personal story. Um, I was reminded of something I was talking about with my therapist where I was like, I was talking about a particular situation, kind of a big situation, but I'm like, I haven't done anything wrong yet. I find myself almost trying to find guilt and she had a wonderful and illuminating explanation for it that I believe to be very full of truth. She's like, uh, you blame yourself because it's a way of trying to get control. If you're at fault, then you also have control over what happened and it kind of makes sense, right? So... I think that applies to both the ancient peoples that we're reading about and also to ourselves. When we blame our pain, our suffering, even to an extent our sickness, on our sin, 
then we have control over it. I did this. And so, and in the case of the ancients, God punished me in this way. So going back to like a reading that we did a while ago, the blind man did hear his parents sin, like his blindness is a consequence for sin. And so here, like suffering is seen to, and, and I might be taking the metaphor too far, but, or it might not even be a metaphor. <laughs> Any one of these things could be true. But um, I'm suffering with the cause of my suffering. God is wreaking God's wrath on me because I have sinned. And I think that that is a way of trying to get control and also maybe a little strangely, but trying to use the situation for the betterment of oneself. Because if in the end we're doing better, then yes, we are generally doing better, (laughs) right? So I know that's kind of convoluted, but that's the way my mind meandered through the whole God's wrath piece this morning as I was thinking it over during the readings. Now, our Old Testament reading, and this is kind of further into the ancestry, right? And also this, like this piece is kind of a setup piece. I feel like, like here's kind of the beginning of the story. So Jacob, as we recall, has kind of exiled himself or been exiled because his brother wanted to kill him because he tricked him. And I think it's very interesting here. And I almost missed it, except I was going through the commentary. Verse 10 talks about Now, when Jacob saw Rachel, the daughter of his mother's brother, Laban, and the sheep of his mother's brother's Laban, or his mother's brother, Laban, I'm sorry. So when Jacob sees Rachel and and the sheep, he gets up and rolls the stone away from the well's mouth. And I almost went right by that. And then the commentary pointed out that Jacob, the folk hero, has superhuman strength. This is a huge stone. It generally takes a lot more than one person. It takes people working together to roll it away. What other stone does that remind us of? The stone that is rolled away from Jesus' tomb. And in this case, it's a stone rolled or pushed away from the well to get water. Jesus, living water, stone, rolled away from the tomb, access to life, water, etc. Interesting parallel there. And interesting also that Jacob the trickster is a folk hero and has superhuman strength. And may I go so far as to say that it's the sight of Rachel, whom he loves, that inspires this feat of superhuman strength. And he kissed her and he wept aloud with joy because I would gather that he had been directed by his mother. And I can't remember whether it actually says this or not in the Hebrew scripture from our previous day's readings, but to, to find a wife among her people, right? So we're back to that, a companion who meets us where we are, which isn't necessarily our family of origin on either side. I would caveat, but So he's so joyful that this person that he just loves at first sight is also the person from among whom he is supposed to. So almost like, I know, super, super cheesy, but Sleeping Beauty and the Prince 
loving each other and then finding out that they're actually betrothed to begin with. Um, I know. Sorry. I apologize. And so then he stays and he doesn't stay as a guest being waited on and taking hospitality, but he works and he helps. And Laban, Rachel's father, says, you're not going to do this for nothing. What should I pay you? And he asks for Rachel in exchange. So he's earning Rachel. So I'll have to do a little more digging into this history-wise, but it sounds like the women of this particular ancient culture did not have dowries, but were purchased for marriage. And Jacob is offering seven years of indentured servanthood to earn Rachel. So there's a lot of layers of nuance there that I am rather interested in digging into. But those seven years seemed but a few days because of the love that Jacob had for Rachel. So working as an indentured servant, but just being near to her, it seemed like nothing. I find it kind of hard to relate to that. Like when we are waiting for something in our present culture, we find it pretty hard to, right? We're pretty impatient people these days. And that goes for myself as well. The only parallel that I can really draw is my relationship with my son. You know, parenthood when you're trying, it's a lot of work, right? But it's also, it's a blessing and the days fly by. These almost 14 years in my life, being near my son have, have passed so rapidly and yet they've been, they've been hard work. Our New Testament reading I think really speaks to compassion what compassion and love for other people is all about it's about thinking of what might limit or hinder them and observing their limitations in order that they might be unhindered. I always think when I read this passage of, you know, having a loved one who's an alcoholic and choosing not to drink because of the temptation it might offer my loved one. But I think there's so much more than this. You know, I hear one of my dear friends talk about not being able to watch certain TV shows or read certain books because they are just too tempting. And I think that that's the utmost grace to give ourselves boundaries that we don't need so that someone else can feel safe. I also think that that does not mean that we live our entire life within those boundaries, but simply that when we're in the presence of that other person, we observe their restrictions instead of our own. I must admit, I think too, you know, I have these food intolerances and wouldn't it be lovely 
if we all observed our feeding plan. Like, there are so many meals at church or at the school or wherever that I don't eat because I can't eat that food. And I don't know if it would even be possible. But, like, can you imagine or if the church or the school sent out a survey, got the list of everybody's allergies, and then only prepared food that everybody could eat? Wouldn't that be amazing if everybody within the community could come to the table together and not worry about it, not worry about, like we could come and eat in community and not worry about getting sick. Wow. (laughs) Right? Again, not sure if it's even possible because, you know, everybody's got different stuff, but. But it's funny how observing Boundaries can give freedom. Just my thoughts. I guess I'm a little bit, um, I have a little bit less to say on the scriptures for a couple of reasons today. One is I really already talked a lot. And the other is, you probably don't know this from the recording, but I was so enjoying my time this morning that somehow I ran out of time and I had to run and go pick Jack up before I was done with this podcast. So I'm actually finishing it up quite late at night. It's almost 8 p.m. where I am. (laughs) So forgive me if it's a little disjointed for those reasons, but I, I didn't want to leave it unfinished. Our time together this morning, even though I hadn't published this yet, was very powerful for me, friends. I am, I'm very thankful for you. And I'm thankful for the space. Um, Not just the space of the sanctuary in which I was sitting while I recorded, but also the space that this relationship offers to me. I am incredibly grateful. Thank you for being part of this with me. Almighty God, you have given us grace at this time with one accord to make our common supplication to you. And you have promised through your well-beloved Son that when two or three are gathered together in the name of Christ, you will be in the midst of them. Fulfill now, O God, our desires and petitions as may be best for us, granting us in this world knowledge of your truth and in the age to come life everlasting. Amen. Let us bless God. Thanks be to God. The grace of Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us all evermore. We live without fear, for our Creator has made us holy, has always protected us, and loves us as a good mother loves her children. We go now in peace to follow the good road, and may God's blessing be with us always. Amen.